is so good to be in worship with you all who are here in person and with you all who are worshiping online with us today. We are in a sermon series entitled Faithful. We are looking at various scriptures in order to hopefully, through God's grace, develop a full measure of Christian faith in its many and varied dimensions. Today I want to draw your attention to James chapter 2. I'm going to focus on verses 14 through 17. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. And the title of my sermon is Active Faith. Faith that works. Hear these words from James 2. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Let us pray. Lord God, in this preaching moment, I simply ask that you would help me to speak your word. Help them to hear your word. And Lord, help us all to do your word. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. What good is faith without works? What good is doctrine without deeds? What good is Christian belief without Christian behavior? None at all, says James. None at all. He isn't just questioning the usefulness of faith without works. He's questioning the validity of it. Can this sort of faith save you? He asks. The implied answer is no. James strikingly suggests that faith without works is not saving faith. In case we wonder exactly what he means by the term works, James provides a concrete example. If a brother or sister needs clothing or daily food, and we say, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet do not supply their physical needs, what is the good of that? A kind word is not enough. An act of love is necessary. Likewise, faith is not just something we say, but also something we do. Faith is not just something we think, but also something we enact. Faith is not just a property of the mind, but also a property of the hands. 
Years ago, a Christian friend explained to me that once we have faith, good works will follow. But that's not quite accurate according to James. In James's view, if we have saving faith, there's no sequence of faith first and works second. They exist simultaneously. Faith and works are intertwined. Faith and works are integrated. Works are not an addendum to faith or a supplement for faith or a product of faith. Works are a constituent element of faith. Works are part of what makes faith, faith. Faith without works is like chocolate pie without chocolate. Faith without works is like vegetable soup without veggies. Faith without works is like a turkey sandwich minus the turkey. It's something else all together. Faith that does not work just doesn't work. Saving faith is working faith. Now, as a good Protestant, I can't just roll with James here without raising a question. There's a question the size of a whale lurking beneath this whole discussion of faith and works in James chapter 2. People have been asking it for centuries, so we might as well go ahead and ask it too. Doesn't James contradict the Apostle Paul here? Doesn't James deny the doctrine of justification by faith? A key aspect of Pauline theology and a cornerstone of Protestant doctrine? Martin Luther, the great 16th century reformer of the church, thought this is exactly what James does. In his preface to the New Testament, Luther wrote, in direct opposition to St. Paul and all the rest of the Bible, James ascribes justification to works. St. Paul, on the contrary, in Romans 4, teaches that Abraham was justified without works by his faith alone. While I embrace many aspects of Luther's theology, this is an instance in which his biblical interpretation might be revisited. A close investigation reveals that the teachings of James and Paul concerning faith and works are not contradictory, but complementary. Even more, they are mutually illuminating. Let me explain. When Paul uses the term works, he primarily means works of the Old Testament law that set Jews apart from Gentiles. These works include getting circumcised, following Old Testament food laws, and observing the Jewish Sabbath. So when Paul says in Romans 3.28 that we are justified by faith apart from works, he means that faith in Christ 
brings salvation, not getting circumcised or abstaining from pork. On the other hand, when James uses the term works, he primarily means performing acts of mercy, helping people in need, loving others in concrete ways. When James says faith without works is dead, he means that declaring faith in God without demonstrating love for people is bogus faith that does not justify or save anybody. I actually think Paul would agree with James here. If James uh, were preaching to a congregation and Paul was in the third row, I think Paul would say, Amen, James, Amen. Paul would agree that stated belief without embodied action is not saving faith. Paul says in Galatians 5, 6, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. Did you catch that? Paul says saving faith is working faith, a faith that loves others. Moreover, in 1 Corinthians 13, 2, Paul famously says, if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Faith without love is nothing. This is Paul's version of faith without works is dead. The teachings of James and Paul differ in emphasis, not in essence. Paul emphasizes justification by faith, while James emphasizes that faith without works is dead. We need both witnesses because they counterbalance one another and clarify one another. If not for James, we might mistake Paul to say that salvation is a mere matter of mentally agreeing with some Christian ideas. If not for Paul, we might mistake James to say that we earn our own salvation by doing good deeds. James is not suggesting that salvation is based on our moral merit or how many good works we have done. To the contrary, James foregrounds divine grace as the source of salvation, much like Paul does. Before all the talk about faith and works in James chapter 2, James 1.18 says, God gave us birth by the word of truth. The idea is that we are born again by the gift, the free gift of the gospel, or by divine grace. Even in the book of James, salvation depends on God's grace. Grace that precedes our faith, grace that enables our faith, a grace God extends to us before we ever make a motion in God's direction. We receive this divine gift of grace that saves us by faith. 
But genuine faith, true faith, saving faith is active faith. It's more than mere intellectual belief. James drives this point home forcefully and humorously in James 2.19 where he says, you believe that God is one? You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. This, by the way, may be the single most sarcastic moment in the whole Bible. If you're wondering if the Bible has sarcasm, sarcasm, James 2.19. You believe that God is one? Way to go, buddy! Even the demons believe that. Demons, in other words, are orthodox theologians. Demons spout sound doctrine. Demons recognize Jesus as the Son of God in the Gospels. James's point is that we too can believe the proper tenets of Christianity and still oppose God's will. We can make an A-plus on our theology exam and know every answer in Sunday school and still be God's adversaries. Christian belief without Christian behavior is not saving faith. One limitation of the English language is that faith is a noun but never a verb. We don't say, I faith in Christ. The verb we use in describing faith is the word believe, as in I believe in Christ. The problem with this is that the word believe has overwhelmingly mental connotations. We need a term to signal that faith is an act of the hands as well as an affirmation of the mind. That faith is not only related to thinking, but also related to doing. We need a new term that makes the word faith into an action verb. Picture a Christian hammering nails into boards to repair a homeless shelter as the winter months approach. A passerby says, hey, what are you doing? He responds, oh, I'm faithing. Picture a Christian leaving a building where she has been teaching English to newly resettled refugees. She happens upon a friend on the sidewalk. The friend says, hey, what have you been up to? The woman responds, I've just been faithing. Picture a freshman sitting alone in a high school cafeteria eating a reduced price lunch. A senior stands up from across the way and starts to walk over toward him to befriend him. But the senior's friends say, hey, hey, what are you doing? And he says to them over his shoulder, oh, I'm faithing. The Christian who is out buying gifts for a child they've sponsored for Christmas. The Christian who is writing a card to someone they know who recently lost a loved one. The Christian who's out at the prison visiting the inmates to extend love in a meaningful way. The Christian who is loving spouse and children by serving them. The Christian who's taking food by the food pantry. What are they doing? They're faithing. James teaches us that to believe in Christ is to act in Christ. He insists that we cannot have faith without faithing. 
faith that is all talk and no action, all mouth and no hands, all declaration and no demonstration is like a $100 bill that does not pass the test of authenticity when it's held up to the light. James is holding our faith up to the light today to see if it is a faith that works. After all, the light of the world himself. Jesus Christ once said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But those who do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Amen. We prepare now to come to God's table of grace together.